back in September 16th, we made the announcement um, going to two services. And so you have one of these cards, and this isn't just to remind you, but also on the back of it says, you can sit with me. And so it's something that you can hand to someone and say, hey, come to my church and experience God. Be changed by the word of God so you can fulfill your potential in life. Amen. Amen. You know, that, that whole aspect of why we exist, there's hurting people outside these walls that love them for me. We're not going to two services because, you know, it's any sort of natural decision to make. We're going to two services because we need to prepare for the growth that's taking place in this community. If you weren't here on the September 16th, I expressed how much the population is going to grow in this area in the next, next two and five years. And we need to be in position. God, God called us here not just to stay where we are, but to make an impact in this community. Not for us, not for me. You know, I, I said a few, uh, a few weeks ago within that night, it'd be comfortable just to stay here, have church at 10 o'clock. And, you know, hey, it's, we had a good crowd. It's, it's good. It's exciting. But realize that's not I'm not pastoring just to make myself feel good. I'm doing this because because God wants us to touch and reach this community. And that's what this is all about. There's hurting people outside these walls. And he said, I want you to love them for me. I love how Miss Carolyn said, when, you know, I couldn't, when she looked into his eyes, he's like, I couldn't help but do what he was telling me to do and asking me to do. And so that's what you're a part of. If this is where you are going to church or you're, you're not sure you're where, where you're supposed to be at church, I want you to know this is, is, is where, if this is where God's called you, hey, that same heartbeat, there's hurting people. God wants me to love them for him. That's right. Amen. Love them for him. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. And when, it, when he, he started dealing with Annette and I, really uh, last August, we went away to spend some time up in the mountains in Northern California and was just seeking direction about 2018. And, and the one of the things he told us that in 2018, we would go to two services. And, and you know, our, our leadership team talked about it before then and after that and leading up to it. And it was kind of one of those things that's like, should we do this? Should we not do this? Is this the right time? And so forth. And God was like, what did I tell you? In 2018, you need to go to two services. You know, and I was like, oh, Lord, what do you, you know, I was like, <laughs> like I said, it's comfortable to stay where you are sometimes, right? And so, you know, he was like, and he took me to Ecclesiastes and it says, you know, he who regards the rain will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not reap. So whether you're sowing or you're reaping, if you're dependent on what everything looks like, then you're never going to rise to the, to where God wants you to be. And so that lets us know all of us that that change is not comfortable. You know, and if we're going to step out and do what God's calling us to do, whether as a church or whether in your individual life, it's going to, it's going to have to take a step. It's going to take a, a press, so to speak, to do something you've never done before. And as I was praying about this and, and I, and I was like, Lord, I, I said, okay, we're going to two services. This is, and he told, said it's going to be smooth, seamless, and easy. I'm like, sounds good to me. I just hope everyone else thinks that <laughs> smooth, seamless, and easy, you know, so declaring that. And, and then uh, it was a few weeks after, you know, just praying my own prayer time and just, just communicating with the Holy Spirit and just seeking the Lord about this and direction for the church. And then he spoke to me clearly and he said, he said, Justin, this isn't just a season of going to two services, but it's a season of synergy. Well, first I had to know this was God because for one, I don't use the word synergy. It's not, it's not something I use in my everyday vernacular. It, it's a season of synergy. It, I think it's probably like a 90s word or something. But, but anyway, it, it, you know, he said it's a season of synergy. And I was like, what do you mean a season of synergy? 
And he started speaking to me about synergy. I looked up the definition and it means when two or more things, organizations or substance come together to make something better. I was like, okay, it's a season of, it's not just going to two services. He said, if you just go to two services and that's all you do, then you're going to stay the same. And you're just going to have, you know, 200 people in one service and 200 and some in the other. It's, it's, you're just going to stay the same and just, just have two services. No, he said, if it, it can't be just a season to go to two services, but it needs to be. And what I want you to lead the church in is a season of synergy. So I was looking at those words. And I was like, Lord, are there scriptures for this? Tell me something about this synergy. And he, he started speaking to me this. He goes, he goes, if the principle, and then I, and he started calling it the law of synergy, the law, if the law of synergy didn't exist, nothing would exist. You know, I mean, you see this glass of water. If the law of synergy didn't exist, you couldn't have water because it's not just oxygen, but it's, it's H2O. So it's more than one thing coming together to make something better. Everything that you see, everything that you touch, you know, is made up of something we call atoms. It's something you can't see with your your natural eye. But atoms aren't singular than themselves. If an atom, for an atom be an atom, it has to have neutrons, protons, and electrons. So, So even for an atom to exist, it has to have something more than itself. And so if, if, let me read the scripture to you because he took me to the scripture and he said, he, go, he goes, go to this scripture. And so I went to this scripture in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 and it says this, for we are laborers together with God. Yes. We are laborers together with God. And I looked up this word laborers together in the Greek and it's synergos and it's where we get our word synergy. We are laborers together with God. So this is a season where we are laboring together with God. This is not just a season of going to two services, but it's a season where we are laboring together with God. Go to John chapter uh, six. John chapter six. You're quiet this morning. You're just really intent to receive, right? It's not just a season to go to two services, but it's a season of synergy. Laboring together with God. There's a lot the Lord's already spoken to me about this. And 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 through the weeks to come, we'll get into some of these things. But there's just one aspect I want to deal with this morning. And it really is going to affect, it it affects every area of your life. In John chapter 6, John chapter 6, verse 38, it says this. For I came down from heaven... Not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. You see, Jesus didn't have success because of his individual ability. You know, no, a lot of times, you know, we, we're in our society and life and just human nature. One of the biggest core things that's in all humanity is this. What am I here for? What do I exist for? Why am I created? And so sometimes we, we, can, we, can, we can have this aspect as a believer and we can say, what is God's will for my life? And, and every day we can pursue, okay, God, what's your will for my life? God, what's your will for my life? And you can, go, you can go five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, walking around saying, God, what's your will for my life? What's your will for my life? And, you know, it's really a fair question, right? We, we, you know, if we're honest, we all ask that question, right? Am I the only one? Just raise your hand. If you ask, what do you want to know? What is the will, God's will for your life? Yes. 
But I was reading a book and, and he asked the same question. He goes, I don't think that's the right question. We're asking the wrong question. It's not the question, should we, should, what's God's will for my life? But we should be asking, what is God's will? And we can be so intent in looking out what is the will for my life that we miss starting at the beginning. Well, what is God's will? And Jesus said, I came down not to do, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of my father, which is in heaven. And the word will there means desire, purpose, and pleasure. Jesus said, I didn't come down from heaven to do my own pleasure, my own will, my own desire, my own purpose, but I came down to do the will, the pleasure, and the purpose of the father. So, so this is a, so he realized, Jesus was realizing that this is a season for him as he came to life. His success wasn't about what he could do in himself, but his success was what he could do connected to the father, connected to the father. Go back to a chapter to chapter five. John chapter five, verse 17 It says, but Jesus answered them, my father has worked even till now. And the word work there in the Greek means to my father's been engaged. My father has been engaged. My father has worked until now. He has never ceased working. He's still working. And I too must be at divine work. And this made all the Jews more determined than ever to kill him, to do away with him, because he not only was breaking and weakening the Sabbath, but he actually was speaking of God as being, in a special sense, his own father, making himself equal, but putting himself on the level with God. Now, verse 19. So Jesus answered them by saying, I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you, the son is able to do nothing of himself, but what he is of his own accord. But he is able to do only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does is what the son does. Likewise. So remember, we just saw Jesus said, I didn't come down to do what I wanted to do my purpose, but he came down to the will of the will of the father. And he said, here, I only do what I see the father do. See, that that has to be something that we're so intent in our life because Jesus realized that while he was on earth, his success was going to come down to this law of synergy. Now, let's look at the next verse. The father dearly loves the son and discloses to him everything that he himself does. Now, and I want you to see that because you need to see this as we're laboring together with God. Because the, the key that I want you to see and what I want you leaving here this morning is my success is going to be determined when I do it with God. Your success is only going to go so far if you do it just in Rick or just in Cassie or just in Jeff Glass, just in Joseph or just in Jeremiah. If you just do it in your own ability, you will always come up just short of what God's full potential is. Jesus wasn't going to experience success if he just did it in himself. But how could he do? How could he, he say that? I only do what I hear the father say. Well, why would the father Show things to Jesus because it says here, he dearly loves the son. You see, this whole aspect of you fulfilling your purpose in life is going to hinge on the, on the, on the intimacy that you have with God. See, your success in life is going to, is going to begin on, on your intimacy with God, your relationship with God. 
Yeah, you can do so many things in the natural and you can experience natural success, but, the, but you can still be unfulfilled in here. See, it's that intimacy with God. See, Jesus, like I said, couldn't do things apart from the Father. It was when he was connected with the Father. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, we'll put this up on the screen. It says, how God anointed, I might not say it exactly, but how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were possessed by the devil, oppressed by the devil because he was so great. Did it say that? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. See, no matter where you are, where your struggle might be or where you know your future is leading you, where, where, where you believe that you're called to be, realize your success is going to be come down to this law of synergy. This law of doing it with God. So as a church, as we're going to fulfill the mandate upon this church, it's going to come down. We're doing it with God. It's not how great Justin and Ned are or, or, or the Savelle. No, it says we're just going to be obedient to God. Right. We're going to be because we realize that that he's going to build this church. It says those that, you know, it says he builds the church. And when we do it, we labor in vain. So, so the thing is, is what I want you to see in your personal life and wherever you're at, your success is going to come down when you do it with God. I mean, if you look throughout the old, the old Testament, yeah, there was a lot of great men and women throughout that, but their success didn't happen because they were individually great or they had so much knowledge. They had so much wisdom. They had so much insight. No, it came down. They were with God. See, Noah built the ark, but God was with him. Abraham took Isaac up on the mountain, but God was with him. Moses delivered people from, uh, from Egypt, but God was with him. You know, we, with, even with Moses, it said in Exodus 33, it's, we've been preaching all year, show us your glory. He declared in, in Exodus 33, he said, show me your glory. That's verse 18 of Exodus 33. He says, I beseech you, show me your glory. Meaning, Lord God, if I'm going to go to this promised land, then you know what? Then I need you. And I'm going to tell you, wherever, whatever you're called, you're called to, to be a doctor. You're called to be a businessman. You're called to, to be a mom. You're called to be a, a school teacher. Whatever it is, you don't realize that, that it is God being with you. You know, a couple of verses before that, I believe it's verse 16 of Exodus 33. He says, Moses says, isn't it your presence going with us makes us distinguished? The King James says separated, but that word separated in the Hebrew means distinct. So it's translated, isn't it your presence that goes with us that makes us distinguished? Meaning it's only with you going with us that makes any difference at all. That's why, that's why Moses was saying, you know what? I'm not going there if you're not going with me because he understood that his ability in himself was always limited. And the same thing, this, it's not just going to two services, but it's a season of synergy. We're laboring together with God. Just let me, I'm just talking in my heart. Okay. You know, in Joshua chapter one, here, 
Joshua had been serving Moses for years and years and years. And, and Moses died. And, and he tells Joshua, he says, okay, Moses, my servant is dead. Now arise. Take over this people and all these people over this Jordan to the place I've called you. And he gets down in verse 9. And, he, and, and God says, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Be very courageous. He says, I will be with you. I will be with you everywhere you go. And you're battling things in your life and discouragement, oppression, whatever it is, whatever you're facing. I want you to know God is with you wherever you go. He is with you wherever you go. See, he, he dearly loves the son. And because he dearly loves the son, he shows himself. He gives him direction. He gives him guidance. He gives him wisdom. He gives him ability. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed because God was with him. Just close your eyes for a moment. And just say this after me. God is with me. Say it again. God, God is, with me. is with me. Go back to John chapter 6. Did we leave John 5 actually? I don't know. But John 6. Um, let's look at verse 38 again. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Now listen to this. And this is the will, the Father's will. Remember, we shouldn't ask, what is God's will for my life? But we should ask, what is God's will? And then when we know God's will, let's align ourselves to it. Let's align ourselves to that will, right? You know, so so if you don't know what your purpose for your individual life is be, hey, let's start off with just align ourselves with his will. And I believe we get in his will, will, all those other things will take care of themselves, right? So here it says, it says, and this is the father's will, which he has sent me. That of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. Verse 40. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which sees the son and believes on him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. So what is the will of the father? There's hurting people outside of heaven. I want you to love them for me. That's right. You see what he was saying, what the will of the father was, you know, Hey, Hey, reason why I'm sent because anyone that sees you and believes on you, I'm going to return for him in the last day. So there, you know, the will is there's hurting people in earth. There's, there's broken people in earth. There's people that are separated from me. There's people that don't have a covenant with me. There's people that are lost and going to hell. There's people that are broken. There's people that need a healing touch. There's people that need to know there's gospel for the poor. There's, there's, there's thing for people that are broken hearted. There, there's, there's good news for them. You, you see what I'm saying? Cause, cause I want you to equate this, that, that, that Jesus success in fulfilling the will of the father was going to come down to his synergy with the father. You know what? In his mandate is no different than what God's commissioned us to do. Right? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Go to Philippians chapter 2. Remember, Jesus said, I didn't come down to do my own will, my own pleasure, my own purpose, or my own desire. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Philippians chapter 2. Hallelujah. 
There's hurting people outside our walls. Love them for me. There's hurting people in your life. Love them for him. Hallelujah. Now, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you. For it is God which worketh in you. And it's not talking, referring in the past tense. Well, well, God worked in Jesus. Now here, he's saying God is working in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. For it is God which worketh in you. See, it's not about what you can do in yourself. It's not about how much knowledge you have, but have you accounted for the God factor? Have you accounted for the God factor? Like I said, I don't know where everyone of us is in here on different levels, but, but, but we can all agree on this. I want you, I want you leaving with here, here. Yes, this is where I might be, but you know what? There's the God factor. Yeah, right now, I don't know what I'm going to do with my future, but you know what? There's the God factor. Right now, I don't know what God's called me to do, but you know what? There's the God factor. Right now, I don't know how to build this business, but you know what? There's the God factor. Right now, you want me to go to be a missionary in another country? Well, you know what? There's the God factor. Well, I don't know how. Well, you know what? He's going to work and it works in you to will and to do his good pleasure. What is he working in you? He's working in you what he wants to accomplish. So sometimes we need to take a step back and stop trying to do a work in ourselves. Because you know what, Justin it was able to show what Justin could do. And it was not good. But I like the idea he's working in me to will and to do his good pleasure. See, he was working in Jesus. Working through Jesus to do his will in the earth. And the plan hasn't changed. The plan hasn't changed. Sometimes the biggest thing we can do is get our mind off ourselves and start looking at someone else, ministering to someone else, loving someone else. And I'm telling you, when we start doing that, you're going to hear his voice. When you start doing that, you're going to get direction. When you start doing that, you're going to, the light's going to come on. When you, when you do that, things are going to change. Get hooked up with God. That's what I, I, this It's not just about going to two services, but it's a season of synergy. We're laborers together with God. I want to get ahead of myself for weeks to come, but (laughs) now Jesus's will, his heart was, this is the will of the father. That they that see me and believe on me. And he said, you know what? I'll come back for them in the last day. But yet when Jesus left and he went up into heaven. And we see it in, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 28. Go ahead. Let's go there. Matthew 28. I know I've thrown a lot of scriptures out at you. but Matthew 28. This message is not necessarily a message for... You get a whole lot of, I mean, it's, 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 an, it's something that I believe the Spirit of God wants imparted into our lives. And it's not something you necessarily learn, but it's something that sets a fire on the inside of you. 
It sets a fire on the inside of you. Like, yeah, that's, that's what I want you. That's what, I, because this is what we were created for. And in, in Matthew chapter 28, he said this verse 18 says, and Jesus came and spoken to them saying, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing the name of the father and the son and the Holy ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. So here he tells them, I want you to go and teach all nations. So here, what we hear, we're hearing the will of the father. And it says this, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. I am with you. He's not asking you to do something on your own. He's not asking you to do something all by yourself. He's just asking you to get in line with me. Get in line with heaven. That's what Jesus is saying. Get in line with heaven. And as you do this, realize I am with you. I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Let's go to Mark 16. Mark 16. Hallelujah. Show us your glory, Father. Mark 16, verse 15 says, And he said to them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. See, this is, we're hearing the will of the Father, right? Jesus said he only said or heard, did the things he saw his Father do. And he shared those things with them because he loved the Son. But just as much, God wants to be in a relationship with you. And he wants to reveal his heart from heaven for us. And so what's the heart? What's the will? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The gospel. The, go- the good news. To every creature. He that believes and baptized shall be saved. And he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So here, that's the commission, right? But then verse 19 says, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up to heaven, sat down on the right hand of God, and they went forth, preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Lord working with them. See, that's synergies taking place. Labors together with God. He's working with us. I'll be with you always. And he is working with the word. He is working with you everywhere you go. You see, everywhere you go, there's an assignment. Everywhere you go, there's an assignment. Why? Because everywhere you go, somewhere there's hurting people. See, and, and, it's, and it's not us doing it in ourselves and, and trying to step out our own ability. And, and, and no, no, it's stepping out and realizing he's with you. I don't know, there's something has shifted in my thinking since the Lord started ministering to me about this synergy aspect. He, he's like, even Justin, he goes, when you pray for people, realize it's not just you praying for people. Realize according to that, I'm working with you. Man, it's changed how I laid hands on people. It's changed. It's changing how I'm teaching. It's changing how I'm preaching. It's changing so many things about my life because I realize, like, I don't have to do this myself. I'm so glad I don't have to stand up in front of you by myself. 
What could God do with a group of people that were just totally yielded to align themselves with his will and be a conduit that God can flow through? But if the enemy wants to keep pouring on, attacking your self-worth, keep pouring on what you can't do, who you're not, what you're not, how ugly you are, what you can't do, and keep pouring those things on because, because all of a sudden you get farther down, farther down, farther down. And what happens? You lose sight of what you were created for. And therefore, you separate from the very life source. He dearly loved the son. And when he realized that that relationship. When, you're, when you come to church here and you're serving here, you know, when, when you're with the, the kids back there, you're not, or the youth or whatever, you're not babysitting. No, no, you're, you're on assignment. You're on assignment. If you're, if you're a greeter or an usher or, and a hospitality, whatever, you're, you're not just coming here to, to serve. No, you're on assignment. When you go to work tomorrow or, or wherever you work in the morning or night or different two days a week, whatever it is, realize when you show up there, you're on assignment. You know, whoever's preaching up here, it's not just something that we do. No, we're on assignment. You know, in our assignment here, our assi- if this is your church, then the assignment you have, there's hurting people in my world. Love them for me. So you're always on assignment. And realize I don't have to do this assignment myself. I don't have to do this myself. I'm so grateful that I don't have to have all the answers. You know, I used to be so scared to talk to people. And let alone have to preach to people. And realizing that all he wants me to do is take the step of obedience and realize he'll meet you there and he is with you. He's with you. Say he's with me. Hallelujah. Whatever the Simon is, realize this principle of synergy. We're laborers together with him, with him. Go back to first Corinthians chapter three. Thank you, Father. He's with you. Even to the end of the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Father. 1 Corinthians 3. It says, For we are laborers together with God. Now, Now, let's read this scripture together. And let's, let's read it in the King James. Put it up there. Can you, Rashida? 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9. Thank you, Father. It says, For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Now, we're laborers together. Like I said, there's so much in me the Lord's shown me, and i got to make sure I just stay on assignment for... For, for today, because we're going somewhere as a church, and you're going somewhere as a child of God. This labor is together, but we're doing it with Him. Labor is together with Him. Then it says this that you're God's husbandry. <laughs> I've never used that word before. Art, you sure are God's husbandry? Woo! Oh, Cassie, you sure are God's husbandry. Man. Story, if I've ever seen husbandry, you're it, man. 
What, what is this word, husbandry? The word husbandry here is actually a cultivated field. If you look it up in the, you look it up in the, the original language, in the Greek, it says, you are God's cultivated field. So we're laborers together with God. Then he says, you're God's husbandry. You're God's cultivated field. You know what a cultivated field? It means one that's ready to produce. You know what a cultivated field is? One that's been refined. It's, it's been cultivated. The ground's been toiled up. The soil's just right. Everything's so right for a harvest. Everything's so right for purpose. Everything's so right for, for the future of that field. It's a cultivated field. It's just ready. It's ready to produce what God created it for. So when you say, you're, yes, we're laborers together with God, you're God's husbandry, meaning you are ready to produce, meaning, meaning you, are right, you are right where you need to be. And I love this. He's, he's not speaking to individuals. He's speaking to churches, a church. It's the church of Corinth, not Mr. Corinth. It's the church of Corinth. So he's talking as a whole. He's saying, he's saying, you guys were, were laborers together with God. You know, church of Corinth, you are a cultivated field. You know what? You are God's house. Hallelujah. You're God's building. Man, look to your neighbor and say, I'm a cultivated field. Ready to produce. And look at that weather, whatever the case is, whatever, whether that's you're ready to produce and meaning you're ready to bring people into the kingdom of God. Or you're ready to step into the next phase of what God's called you to. Maybe even in part of this church, you know, you're like, you know what? I'm going to start serving. You know what? I'm going to get involved in a Thrive group. I'm going, to get, I'm, I'm going to take a step. Why? Because I'm a cultivated field and there's someone that needs something in my life. God has prepared me to produce something. We are laborers together with God. We're God's husbandry and we are God's building. Let, let me ask you a question. I, I'm going to close. Let me ask you a question. Joseph and Charlene, who lives at your house? Don't be shy. Who lives? Just Joseph and Charlene, right? Okay, Tommy, where, where, who lives at your house? My wife and my kids. I was hoping you're going to add your kids there. But... <laughs> who lives at your house? My wife, kids. Mm-hmm. See, we're God's building. See, you're, you're God's building. Who lives in your house? Who lives in your house? If you're God's building, who lives there? God. Who lives there? God lives in you. And he is working in you to will and to do his good pleasure. That's why the enemy wants to defeat marriages. That's why he wants to defeat families. He wants to defeat children. He wants to, he wants to destroy churches. Because there's a greater will involved. There's people that need to be produced, so to speak, from your life. People need to experience him through you. We're laborers together with God. He is with you and in you to do your, his good pleasure. Wow. Paul said this, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. Wow.
Rick brought it, brought it, we were talking last week, and Rick brought it up when Jesse Duplantis was up here, one of the services. I don't know what service was, but, but he goes, I'm up here. You know, I, I'm not here. You know, I'm not here. You know, I'm, I'm serving on behalf of this man, Dr. Savell. And it's the same thing with our lives. It's like, you know what? It's not about Justin. Ultimately, it's not about who gets the glory. I, I care less if someone says, hey, well, that's that Pastor Justin, man. He pastors that church of two. I care less about that. Oh, I just want to lay my head down at night and say, I'm right in the middle of your will. But you know what? We're not going to do it on our own. We're not going to do it by ourselves. But we're laborers together. In future weeks, we'll, at some point, we'll talk about we're laborers together. We all have a part. We all have a part in where this church goes. We all have a part. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And we thank you for the impartation, the seed that it deposits on the inside of our lives. And Father, I call, I, I declare, just as words are seeds, I speak to the seed of what was spoken this morning, and I declare that it goes forth and brings forth fruit. I thank you for a revelation of being God inside minded. I thank you for a revelation that, that, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made and that each one of us has purpose and realize that God is working in them to will and to do his good pleasure. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you for your ability in us. 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 Thank you that you're working in us. Thank you that you're working in us. I thank you for working in single moms, strengthening single moms. Thank you that they see that they have purpose, that, 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 that they, there's a plan for them. There's a purpose for them. They don't see themselves as rejected or on the side, but no, but that you have purpose in them, that they have greater things in store for them. And in this season, I thank you that you are working in them. You are working in them, working with them and working through them. Father, I thank you for every person in here, Lord. I thank you that you're working in them, with them, and through them. Oh, Father, I declare over this church, Father, that you're working in this church. You're working with this church, and you're working through this church. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I thank you that you're working with, you're working in, and working through every marriage. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that, that because you're with us, I thank you everywhere we go. I thank you that we are distinguished. Everywhere we go, I thank you, Father, that favor goes before us. Everywhere we go, I thank you, Lord, that we are a testimony of your goodness, a testimony of your grace. I thank you, Father, for your power and your ability in our lives, Father, because of not because of how good we are, because just like Jesus, you are with him. You are with us. And I thank you that you gave us the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that would not only be with us, but would be in us. Hallelujah. We are laborers together with God. We are God's cultivated field ready to produce. And we are the place where God dwells. Thank you, Father, that he who began a good work in us will complete it. In Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. It's not just a season of going to two services, but it's a season of synergy. He's working with us. Wow. Thank you, Lord. That is so good. Thank you, Father. I believe I'm done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You see this word this morning?